A we will put in practice because it's not enough to just give mental assent to the word of God which is what most people do and just hear and say that was very good if I ask now you know um, what it was that was said last Wednesday and we move this microphone around you'll be amazed at how people have so quickly forgotten all that was said I wasn't here but I know all that was said now I'm going to go, let us go through a series of scriptures we'll have, to make it easy they've been put on ascetic so we'll just read them one after the other because all of them lock in with this thing called the tabernacle and then we will do a very brief introduction today because really and truly to do this well you would need serious aid so next Wednesday we will have on ascetic what it looked like um, if God gives us the permission and we find the people who can do that the day we are going to look at the ark all of you will just make sure that you fast and pray that day if we decide to construct an ark and bring it here <laughs> lest God arise from the ark <laughs> ah, but have no fears let us put on the acetate now let's look at these scriptures you know, I want us to just read, read through them very very quickly and briefly and then we will be on our way the first scripture is Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 it's on the screen there so let's all read it together one two go and God said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all that creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth next scripture is Exodus chapter 25 verses 8 and 9 let's read together one two go and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show thee after the pattern of all the instruments thereof even so shall ye make it the next scripture is John chapter 1 verse 14 1 to go and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory of as the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth the next scripture is first corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 one two go knowing not that ye are the temple of god and that the spirit of god dwelleth in you next scripture is second corinthians chapter 6 verse 16 let's read together one two go and what agreement had the temple of god with idols for ye are the temple of the living god as god had said i will dwell in them and walk in them and i will be their god and they shall be my people now this is long but we can all still read together hebrews chapter 8 and um, you can mark that down then read it again when you get um, home hebrews 8 verses 1 through to 6 let's read together one two go now of the things we have spoken this is the sum we have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the lord preached and not man for every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices wherefore it's of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer for if he that's not yes go on now for if you are on earth you should not be a priest 
seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, hear he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. And lastly, Revelation 21.3, 1 to go. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. Now lots of scripture. I want us to keep all of these scriptures at the back of our minds. I want us to write all of them down. I want us to continually look at them. Because we are about to enter into the deep, deep mysteries of God. There are many things about the Christian faith that you'll be amazed that people will tell you they are Christians for 10 years, 20 years. They don't know anything about how much more the Christian of one year or two years. You see, because all of these things we have read, they all tie up together. They all mean something. God is showing us and revealing something which if you and I find and see, our lives will change. A lot of the things that we do, nobody will tell you not to do them. Because you see, part of the problem is ignorance. That's just, in fact, it's not the part of the problem. It's the main problem. Because the Bible says those who cannot be saved it is their minds that have been blinded the mind is the place of your thinking faculty it's the place where you reason so once you cannot so it's not just the unbeliever who has a problem many Christians have a problem for example inside the tabernacle you will find the issue irrevocably of giving of tithing of offering when you see it and you understand it ah, you have never, you never have a problem again never ever have a problem and because the Lord used actual things to teach the children of Israel and we because we have bigger brains I expected to just read and understand and I guess because we are basically Nigerians and Nigerians are coming from the culture of Babalawos and all these things in the villages where they see things so I said okay let's, let's go and look at things and then we'll take the things that we are going to look at and bring them into the spiritual realm so you can see the connection now, let's lay a foundation for you. The Bible tells us in Genesis 1.26 that in the beginning that God made man in his image and in his likeness. Genesis 1.26, we read it. And he said to man, rule. He said to man, have dominion. Be in charge. But all of that never really happened. Nothing really happened because by Genesis chapter 3, we find that sin had entered into the picture. And sin created a problem. It interfered with God's original plan. Now I want us all to hear, and hear clearly today. Why did God make man? You can see that this is deep stuff now. Because I ask you, all of us will tell her, I'll have as many reasons here as there are people for that question. Why, 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 why were you made? Is it to become a treasurer? Is it to become an evangelist? Why did God make you? Why did God make man? Some of us will say, well, he wanted to fellowship with man, which is true. 
Some will say, well, Genesis 1.26 says, so that man may rule on behalf of God. Which is true. Some will say, well, it's because God wanted to reveal himself to man. It's also true. But none of those reasons are compelling enough for us to fear God. Because as you, when, we, when we look at the tabernacle, you find the reason there. But I'll tell you the reason. The reason God made man was so that he, God, may find a dwelling place. God made man so that he may live inside man. You see, it's a very clear picture. You see it in the tabernacle as we go on. God created man so that man may contain God. Now, if you think about it, you will know it doesn't make sense. That's precisely where God is. That's precisely where God is. Yes, it doesn't make sense. If it made sense, it wouldn't be God. Nobody should sleep here today. If you sleep, I will knock your head. This is very important. Because if you understand who you are, you are not likely to continue to misbehave. God made you so that you may provide a dwelling place for him. Do you know the meaning of that word, tabernacle? It's a place to live in. That's it. That's what it means. A dwelling place. That's why you were made. Not because God wants you to be singing songs. Not because he wants you to be an usher. Neither because he wants you to be an evangelist. So that you may provide for him what? A dwelling place. Everybody say a dwelling place. So just stop for a second and think. The reason why God made me, the reason why God made you, is so that he may find a place to live in. Look at it from this point of view. Why do we build houses? Why do people steal, kill, bribe, sleep with people who are not their husbands and their wives, only to make enough money? Eventually, at the end of the day, so that you can build for some a country home so that you can build a home in Victoria Island so they can have a home abroad and what do you do with those homes so that you, you go there and you do what you live there so God made you and I so that we may provide for him a dwelling place but something happened foundation I'm giving you now. Something happened. Sin came into the whole scenario and made that as it were. It, it interfered. It could not stop. Nobody can stop anything that God has ordained and purposed. It could not stop it, but it can, it can create a delay. So it interfered with that original plan that God had. And so man, as it were, got sent out of the garden. But in Genesis chapter 25, I mean in Exodus 25, which is the second scripture we read, the Bible says in verse 8, after the children of Israel had been taken out of Egypt, follow me carefully, that God said, and let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show thee, 
after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof even so shall ye make it this is God speaking to Moses God says to Moses look it's time now I've taken this tool out I need I've always wanted to dwell amongst these people so it's time for them to build me a sanctuary said, but nobody builds just anything because this has nothing to do with you it's everything to do with me he said, so I'm going to show you what is to be built and he showed Moses and made sure that Moses photographed everything and he says to Moses now you build exactly according to what I have shown you when you were there collecting the ten commandments so we find that in the issue of the building of the tabernacle of the sanctuary God begins to return to what his original plan that original plan is that he may dwell in so interesting he may dwell in you and I because I want us to catch that very well if that's the only thing you take this evening and you walk out of here and somebody comes and just gives you a pat on your backside tell the person very very nicely and quietly that ah did you not hear what they said that is because of ignorance and the reason why we are walking this route is there is a wind that is blowing of revival then after the wind the next thing that comes is a fire the example of the fire you see it in the story of Ananias and Sapphira people actually will die in church for those of you who just lie without thinking you have to be careful from this point on you've got to begin to take this God seriously you will see what I'm talking about don't worry not that people will die you. But, that, but that God is real and alive you will see that's what I mean by that so God says to Moses let them build according to the pattern that I will show you now and then God gives very elaborate we are going to look at a brief introduction into the tabernacle but the interesting thing about the tabernacle which I want you all to spend some time and study also is this the tabernacle is in all its ramifications everything about it I'll show you is Jesus Christ and only God can do anything like that when you see the tabernacle all you see is Jesus it's interesting and why Jesus you see because Jesus is the God man everybody say God man yes he's God who came down as what yes stop and think for a second what am I saying in other words in Jesus we see the fulfillment of what God had originally wanted in Jesus you see a man but you see God living inside him do you understand simple that's easy to understand Abby Uh good so because some of you are wondering how could God make man because he just wants to live inside man okay so you have confirmation in who in Jesus because he's a man that God sent to this earth but inside him lived who God but that's all well and good it's because we cannot put Jesus on a table and begin to say well at this part, part of his head is this in his heart is that but you can do that with the 
tabernacle and we can then show you how the tabernacle itself is like a an architectural diagram of Jesus himself an architectural diagram of what you and I ought to be which we are not so we find that God in telling Moses build according to the plan I'll show you was coming back to his plan that's why we say that no matter what Paul says a door has been opened ah but there are many adversaries when God opens a door no one can shut that door but sometimes the door is opened and you don't walk through the door because somebody is there hindering you and he knows how to hinder so God's desire he begins to put in place he begins to put in place that original plan that I will live inside each person I will be in them because that way yes you look at a man but all that you will see is really God that's why the Bible tells us that and the word became flesh the interesting thing about the word became flesh is simply this God tells us in that statement that it is possible if only we will yield ourselves that the word of God is meant to transform you and I so that we become carriers of the living God you see when the word begins to knock things out in our lives right the flesh that's in us begins to die you'll understand this very clearly very shortly and what you then find is that each Christian each person who is here is like Jesus Christ just walking on the face of the earth that's why the Bible says that the whole world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God but what are the sons of God doing they are busy stealing cheating lying having no time for God and doing all kinds of crazy things but the truth is we live in the last day and because God is about to do such a quick work he hopes and is praying for us that we will understand and that we will enter into that place that he had ordained for us now let's take you through a very quick tour of the tabernacle I won't do the whole of the tabernacle today I'll just do a few things about the tabernacle and then we'll continue because um, I want that by the next time we are looking at it you actually can see what we are talking about the first thing you see when you come to the tabernacle is the gate everybody say gate and that makes sense because if there is no entrance you can't enter so this huge structure is put in place everybody goes through the gate nobody goes through any other place it's not possible to enter therein without walking in through the gate and as I said I said the tabernacle is just God's own allegory of telling us who we ought to be and telling us who Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior is who is the gate the gate is Jesus let's understand this clearly once and for all it's not a basis for argument no one will go to heaven who does not go through Jesus no one no one can get to God who does not go through Jesus John 14 verse 6 Jesus said 
unto him I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me Jesus is the gate so when God put in place the tabernacle the children of Israel one of the things they knew clearly there was no basis for argument you want to enter the tabernacle you go in how? walking through the gate and I said okay because they had a physical structure it was easy for them and each time they went in they went into the gate each time they went. so the, the it wasn't possible for somebody to come to the tabernacle one day and decide that he will go through the western wall it doesn't, it doesn't make sense it, 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 it didn't happen and that couldn't happen because of the height anyway of the structure but that's something else significance of the gate it's simply because I want to try and make everything relevant to us because we want to begin as I said a work that should help each one of us I know it's going to help me to make sure that we live our lives the way God ordained because this is a pattern God has put in place a pattern this, this, if you do things this way this is how things will be the problem we have in Christendom too many people don't bother with the gate too many people don't bother with the gate at all why? because there's no physical tabernacle on earth why? because they think that this is the tabernacle but that's not the way things are with God very strict God, this God when you see the next few things I will see you understand what I'm talking about you cannot, you cannot, you cannot continue to do things just anyhow God is a God of order there's a gate you go into the gate and that gate represents for us the way things get done I'll break it down simply like this there are many people here who never pay fights you want to walk in into prosperity you will have to go through anointing for a breakthrough and you will find out sooner than later that it doesn't exist there is a way God has ordained that things ought to be done a proper and a due order many of us don't bother with those things we just do things anyhow the days of doing things anyhow are over the days of talking anyhow are over the days of just lying and those of you who lie who are around me are in for a very very difficult time from today and I mean difficult time you've got to fear God if you don't fear God stay away don't bring your lack of fear you can rub off on people there's a gate and you know the interesting about the gate I said that gate is Jesus nobody comes to God Jesus himself says so you can't come except you come through me what does it mean to come through him plenty it means a lot to come through him because as soon as you walk in through the gate of the tabernacle the first thing that strikes you that you see standing right there before you there's no way you can miss it is something called the altar of sacrifice everybody say the altar of sacrifice it's a big copper altar very bloody in fact the truth of the matter is that um, all those who like when you say Father, we plead the blood of Jesus. You know, we are also sophisticated. And you hear them saying, the blood of Jesus. 
if you experienced blood in the days of the children of Israel, you won't call blood anyhow. Yeah, you won't call blood. It's because you don't, you have not seen blood. There's a big altar, and it was bloody, just full of blood. And all they were doing there was animals were being roasted. Blood was being poured on a per second per second basis. Why? Because it was a place that people went to to deal with sin. Everybody says sin. sin. Yes. And the way God did it for the children of Israel was simply that you are walking through the gate, you are carrying your animal with you. And you come face to face with the priest and the altar of sacrifice. They take you through a ceremony. You place your hands on the head of the animal. You open your mouth wide and you told the priest, I'm sorry, O oh Lord, for all the things I've done yesterday. I, I took bribe of 500,000 the other day. I slept with somebody else's wife. Oh, yes, Lord, I'm so sorry. I will never do so again. You know, all this sin. Because why? At that point in time, you knew that there was a death sentence hanging over your head. It's good to laugh. You knew that there was a death sentence. It wasn't prison. It wasn't suffering. It was death. And you had to transfer that death onto the head of the, of the animal. So you placed your hands on the animal's head and you, you opened your mouth wide and just... If you, if you, and since it was so easy in those days, you just fooled around in that circumstance, the person just died anyway, so nobody fooled around. Confessed all your sins, placed your hands on the head of the animal, they cut the throat of the animal, blood gushes out. They collect the blood, then they put the animal on the fire and they begin to burn the animal. Then you thank God that, ah, all my problems that animal has carried away. Then you go as human beings were. You fool around again, you bring another animal in. So the business of living in sin was expensive. It wasn't cheap. That's why you find that when we do things we ought not to do, sometimes the consequences are very steep. Praise the Lord. So you find, as you go through the gates, that you come face to face with the altar of sacrifice, where animals are being consumed by the consuming fire, where blood is being spilled, where your sins are being atoned for by bulls and goats on a short-term basis. But the altar of sacrifice itself is again representative of who? Jesus. Imagine what it would be like if the whole of Lagos had to find bulls and goats and go, no matter how big the place is. So God decides, okay, I'll solve all of this problem once and for all. Jesus will come in and pay the price. And the problem is this. It is good to be a Christian. It's possible to be Christians. We are all Christians. But many of us have never come to terms with the fact that God 
set aside something and said, okay, okay, you guys relax. Let me solve this problem for you. Because if you understand it, when you open your mouth to lie, something will warn you that, ah, you are walking dangerous grounds, don't you think? If you understand it, when you enter a room and you begin to, 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 begin to take off your blouse and pull your skirt, you will say, ah, something is wrong with this thing. When you go to a meeting and they are giving you money that does not belong to you, and there are some sit of who know how to collect money that doesn't belong to them, somebody will say, ah, this money you are collecting, is, is, is this, this money I'm, you're collecting now? That's why Jesus died, though. You know, if you should collect it again, you want to kill him a second time. So, why do we do this? Because we don't really catch that principle. Many of us have not seen. That's why I said, you will see. Next one, you have the diagram on the screen there, so you can see it properly and clearly. The altar of sacrifice. So much blood, so much death, so much burning of flesh. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. So the man keeps going in there. He keeps going in there. One day he enters into a place to do something wrong. The smell of burning flesh and blood hits him. The smell can follow you. Then he just realizes that I'm not going to carry another animal to that place. Let me leave this matter. Now because we have come to the place where you know, people can even use blood of Jesus on the computer these days. You can email it. Just email the blood of Jesus to somebody in the morning. Say the blood will protect you today. Just use it anyhow. Be careful. Tell your neighbor, be careful. Yes. You've got to understand. Because why? All of this, remember, that all of this process is something that God himself planned, put in place. Why? Because he wanted to come back to his original plan. Why did his original plan shake? Because the man that he made said to do things his own way. So I'd like to encourage us. Because you see, like I said, this was what God put in place as a pattern for living. It's not easy. It's not easy. I'm taking bribe, 500,000 naira, 2 million naira. I'm still going to have to go and stand in front of the priest and take a goat along, along with me. I'm still going to have to open my mouth and say, Well, I took bribe. I spent it. I'm sorry, Lord. Everybody will look at you and say, You're a bribe taker. You can't come back a second. Do you understand how it's a pattern for living? It begins to mold you. You begin to be careful about how you do things. And I said, Because we don't understand these things, that's why we're taking this walk. It's a long walk. This is a long walk. I don't know when we'll finish it, but we'll keep it locked only into digging deep. That sacrifice, God took out of the way and said, okay, let Jesus come. And you see, unless and unless and unless we come to the place of understanding and seeing that Jesus has done a work on the cross, you really can never touch the presence of God. Why? I'll explain this a bit 
a bit, but let me just show you something. You enter through the gate, as you enter into the main premises, you are in a place called what? The outer court. God is not even there. He's there, I mean, but he's not there. You don't even go beyond there. Yet there's so much stench of blood and animal being destroyed and killed, all of that happening there. All of this is what you are approaching who? God. And guess what? Nobody in the tabernacle ever, ever approaches and ends up in the presence of God. With all of this, so, with the animal that died, with the confession, you just went back from there home. You never got into the presence of God. You only entered that place through a representative who could only enter into it once in a year. Do you understand pattern for living now? So that when they, when they say, that's why if you, if, you, if you go to Israel, on the day of atonement, Israel dies. There's nobody on the street. Nothing works. Because everybody just stays quietly at home. Nobody goes out. No, but you will never see a single soul. If you see anybody, you will know that the person is a foreigner. In fact, he can't be a foreigner. Why? Because it's a special day. Very, very serious and special day. To experience the presence of God, you must first experience the power of the cross. And that's where many people have a problem. You see, because the altar of sacrifice it speaks about Jesus, but it speaks also about the cross. You see, if you don't touch the cross, you will never experience resurrection power. That begins to explain to us the reason why many times, don't worry, it's for all of us. You see, I've prayed, I've fasted. You see, we've turned God. Like somebody said to somebody, said, Look, I think we should pray and fast. He said, How many days? He said, Let's do 40 days eh, without food or with food. He said, ah, with, with, um, without, without, okay, let's, let's do that for those days. He said, Without water or with water. You know, you've turned it into prescription. It's not funny, but it's true. That's why a church says it's fasting. Let me show you how you don't fear God. It's just a total lack of fear of God. You are in a church. You are a member of that church. The church is fasting. You just look at your time. Go. I've tried today, three o'clock. <laughs> you know how many people do that? Do you know that? Really and truly, but for mercy. As you open your mouth and start eating, you just die. Do you know that? No, you don't. If you did, you wouldn't do it. He said, you say, ah, <laughs> it's better to be safe. You know, than to enter the place of being sorry. You say, let me just stay. If I'm going to die here today, and you just keep looking at the time until one is six, you say, thank God. And then some days you just wake up and say, the pastor has come to kill us, Joe. <laughs> I'm not fasting today. Who are you talking to? Me? <laughs> it's not funny because you people do these things and you don't understand. the consequence and these are things that actually pave the way for power pave the way for success it's not the lack of the food 
is the fear and the respect of God. <laughs> you can eat. But God is a God who says, well, when we say, we won't. Fear me and for that reason alone, don't. And what we find in Christendom today, I want us to take this thing seriously. I'm telling you, I'm helping you because this is where me I'm working right now. Because I've seen enough to know that uh, what is coming, man, is so serious that we just can't fool around. Never mind what everybody says. You know, we can say the truth is there's tremendous blessings coming. The power of God is going to walk and flood the earth like never before. Yes. But see, will you be part of it? Ah, that's another thing completely. That's another thing completely. And I, I've, I've spent some time saying to myself, saying to God, what next? What you want to do next? And then this came to me and I said, ah, once I understood this, I said, I'm going to really do this thing. I'm just going to take this thing seriously. And I want you to take it seriously too because it will help you tremendously. It will guarantee that almost everything that God, in fact, not almost everything God has ordained for your life will come to pass. It will bring you to the place you will be like the mouth of God. You will speak and it will be done. And I think we would all like to have some of that. You know. And the irony of life is that I don't understand why we do things the other way around. But in church today, Christianity has de-emphasized the power of the cross. Many of you don't even know. Because if you, anybody who spends time and thinks right now, you will understand that the amount of blood that was poured out in the tabernacle was something else. How they managed it well, I don't know. And I don't even want to know. And blood smells after some time. And all of that is about the cross. But today the Christianity we want is just live out the cross and have fun. So we have anointing for everything. I saw a book, Merchandising the Anointing. That's what's going on now. People just say, you can, with anointing, you can, you know. What everybody wants is just, what shall I give God? So God will give me what I want. And it doesn't work that way. And the interesting thing, who is behind this lie? The enemy. Everybody say the cross. Because when you embrace the cross, ah, you become free. Everybody say free. free. You can't imagine how free. Let me explain. At the cross, a number of things happened. One, every single curse that can be pronounced, that was ever pronounced, upon you and your family and members of your family destroyed you were destroyed there so a person who has embraced the cross ought not to have a curse chasing the person around listen carefully so when I'm in a situation where there are curses still dating in and around my life what does that then tell you conversely that you haven't come to terms with the cross. And it's so simple to tell. I'll explain to you in a minute. At the cross, sickness was destroyed. So you and I ought not to be sick. 
So somebody sells us a lie. Leave this cross matter, Joe. I want to make this Christianity too difficult. You know, I said that we we're going to fast in November. When I went to prepare the schedule, I just thought of what the people of the city of David will say. Some people said they are losing so much weight, they are doing so. So my heart couldn't carry the schedule again. So I left the schedule. And I said, it's okay, I will do my own fast. Let me let the people rest. So I'm letting you rest. But since I know that if I tell you that the year when it's about to end, people will follow it. If we say fast, then everybody for self-preservation's sake we fast. So we'll bring the fast back later. At the cross, everything that is called infirmity, oppression, <laughs> destroyed. At the cross, everything that is called difficulty and poverty, lack, destroyed. Are there people in this church who are still looking for jobs? Yes. Are there people in this church who find it difficult to make ends meet? Yes. Should that be so? No. Why is it so? Let's just look at our lives. Simple. You have not come to terms with the cross. I sent, when I was in the US, I sent that they should send me information on the cross the crucifixion I will get part of it published in the next bulletin for next Sunday, not this Sunday it's good to read it when you read how Jesus died you'll be sober very sober very sober so I'll put it out for us to read then we'll do a sermon on it later so that we can come to terms and understand what actually happened? Because that's the problem. Many of us don't know what happened. You know, they put a picture of Jesus and then they put one piece of cloth. He was, he was naked. He wasn't there. No cloth there now. But that's for another day. So there are a number of things that happened at the cross. Everything that came upon man as a result of the sin of Adam. All those curses God pronounced on earth on animal life, on man, on woman, everything is destroyed where? At the cross. So the only way that I can walk quietly, prosperously, confidently, and live life to the full is I must come to terms with the cross. I must understand what the cross is all about. I must understand what the sacrifice that was carried out that day is all about. If I don't, then I will be living like this. You'll be from time to time you will need anointing. Some days you'll be lucky. The pastor has fasted and has prayed. He will pray for you. And because God is God, he will just say okay. And then the problem goes. Then you praise the Lord, somebody. Satan is a liar. Then another day another problem comes. That's not the plan of God. Why do we still have problems? Because we have not come to terms with the cross. And you see, this, when you come to terms with the cross, because let's get to that, how do you know and how do you come to terms with the cross? You come to terms with the cross because Jesus expects that when you see the work that was done on your behalf, you will 
then subject yourself to the things that happened at the cross. What happened principally at the cross? The flesh, which cannot be trained, which cannot be educated, was destroyed completely. We find that too many Christians, too many, too many of us. Why would people still take bribe? Why would people still give bribe? Why would people sleep with people that they're not supposed to sleep with? Why would people covet things? You know, there are people in hell, sadly enough, as I always say every Sunday, because of Louis Vuitton, because of Gucci. The other day on, on CNN, we saw Yves Saint Laurent. The man is now sick and is dying. So he came and he said, I'm closing down the fashion house. He said, from today, no, YSL doesn't exist anymore. Which is good news for our friends in the East. You know, you can just be doing your own YSL and nobody will take you to court. <laughs> Officially, the name does not exist. It doesn't. The only name that exists, Gucci now, but Reeve Gucci. You say I understand these things. <laughs> I'll explain that another day. <laughs> but the name of Arise doesn't exist. Why? Sickness. Man is sick and tired. The beggar said, Nonsense, it's my name, I'm not doing it anymore. They told him that ten years ago, that one day you wake up and say, I'm not doing it. He will tell you you're gonna have your head examined. But that's life. Why would I want something so bad? Think about it so badly. I could do anything to get it. And it's a material thing, like cloth. Anything. You put yourself in the place of Jesus. You begin to understand. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. He found it upon the seas, established upon the floods. He says the silver is his, the gold is his. And this God says, I want to live inside you. And you say to God, God, please now, I need to buy Louis Vuitton shoe first. Does it make sense? Simpleness, just ignorance. It's ignorance because many are blinded by the God of this world. Their minds, their understanding, their thinking faculty is not right. Because he who owns all things says, Let me live in you, so I may give you all things. You say, Wait, 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 I'm still looking for a bicycle. We must come to the place where we understand what was done at the cross. Turn to Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. I want us to read that together. We know it now. We should know it by heart by now. We should have it. Wow. Colossians chapter, chapter 2, verse 14. Are we there? Okay, let's read that together. One, two, go. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was made against us, which was contrary to us, and put it out of the way, naming it to the cross. Okay, let's just stop there. Jesus Christ has done what? He blotted out the handwriting. It means that there were things that were written down against us. But those of us who don't know, Everything you and I do, somebody's recording. There's a the hand that is writing. There's a the hand that is writing. 
and all the negative things that have been written at the cross taken away. At the cross taken away. But people are strange. We deceive ourselves so much. The only person who can try to deceive God is the person who already has succeeded in deceiving himself or herself. So that because you are deceived to believe, then you can deceive God. Let me give you a simple example that I want us to pray. At the last Holy Ghost service, somebody gave me uh, trouble. So I just popped it into my mouth. One, two. As I did, as I threw the meat. Ah! I said, this is bad, though. I then said a prayer. I told God I was very sorry. Because I'm not going to. This one was too late. I, I won't do it again. As soon as I still say so, somebody brought out a big bar of polo. <laughs> this is a really good service. <laughs> no, there are many people. People, people are eating freely. Give yourself. But it's true. Look around. When you are in camp, look around. People are eating sweet, eating gum and all that. But that's not even the issue. But I was so afraid of that thing. I just knew that if I ate it, I would die. There, that day, inside that auditorium. So I just put it aside. So the person was looking at me and wondering, hey, well, this is, this is what they call revelation. That's what they call revelation. I can go and say, well, because he's eating now. Ah, <laughs> you know the same God. You put in your mouth, you choke, you die. Why? Because you have been warned. And warned. God doesn't want everybody. Many of you have been eating. Some of you, for the next 10 years, you see the great account you'll be eating. You know, some of you will see beauty from now to the next 10 years. And nothing will happen to you. It just means that maybe you are not going anywhere. Because if I, if I keep God with love it, and nothing happens, I might not be one of His in the first place. I might not be one of His. So I want us to take in this church, we are going to take God seriously. When we say that on Sundays, leave your phones at home. Ah, I always leave my phone at home on Sundays. Yeah. I leave your phone. Don't concern me. It's not the phone. Do you understand me? It's, can you, as members of the body of Christ, collectively agree that let us respect God? And then all of us agree to respect God. It's the respect of God. It's the fear of God. It's not the phone. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yes. It's not the phone. But you see, there are some people that just stiff necked. They will see carry the phone, the phone, what that's what you don't understand. It's not the phone. You see, if you came into the tabernacle and you saw the amount of blood, and you saw the fact of rams that were being burnt, and I mean you can imagine the smell. Minimum number of people, two million. In the wilderness, and let us say between hundred thousand in that in a small environment every day, that would put the blood. It will make an impact upon your mind. But these days, like I say, people text me. They text me about blood, and then you know, yes, just use. It's good. Though, it's good to use mobile phone to text. You know, but you don't teach God. With levity. 
you got to embrace the cross. And God knows whether you embrace the cross or not. Because you saw in your life that you living a life that has been crucified with Christ. Or you are you not? Because once you are not, I understand these things so well. I can solve all problems now. At least my own know. Which is what I intend to do. And why I'm teaching you so that you can solve your own. We all have problems. But you've got to be first and foremost. You must say, well, I just I believe in God. Uh, I, I accept the sacrifice on the cross, yes. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And then you live your life anyhow, just anyhow, just anyhow. Be careful for the simple reason. You can see in this church. Nobody needs to tell you now. You know that there's a revival on the way Abbey. Uh, yes. If you say you don't know, then we'll pray for you. And I've checked. Right now, what you have is the wind. But closely following the wind will come the fire. The wind just blows everything in. You know? It's cool, it's nice, everybody's having fun. You know? I've been getting phone calls, people are asking me, ah, Pastor, what's happening about the sunshine now? When are we going to move in? You know? Church is a bit too tight now. Everybody's just talking. Got the running commentary. Those who pray, those who didn't pray, those who pass, those who didn't pray, everybody's talking. Everybody's happy. Everybody likes success. But the only thing they don't understand is that very soon the fire will begin to blow. Because the fire that blows now is the one that does what? It cleanses. It has to cleanse. It has to cleanse. It's not about church. It's not about people. And it's about people. It's not about numbers. Even if we we have the sanctuary open today. <laughs> How many people can listen? You know, some people are phoning me and talking, I just listen to them. Because we are not going the same way. We are going somewhere else. I am going somewhere else. But God will help us all. What I want us to do today is this. Next, uh, I'll try and see, well, definitely I'm going to have diagrams in place. And like I said, it's a whole thing. I just find it so interesting. I'm going to try and make it very interesting for, for all of us. But the only thing is that we must respond. We must respond. We must. And the response that I want from people, and I know that God will want from us today, is everybody should come to the place of just saying to God, this life I will dedicate it. I'm not talking about altar call now, because there's too much laxity in our lives. Too much. So what if you woke up this morning, you're already in the office. You know, you had shouted at one or two before you realized that. Ah, I didn't even really pray. They said, Well, I put the blood of Jesus, Lord, over everything I'm going to do today. Bless you. I know you have bless you. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Is that the God that is Babalao? <laughs> do you understand what I'm talking about? Yes, but we have got to become more serious. Once we become serious, He too will take us what? Seriously. Oh, he will. And let me tell you the good part of this. The good part. Some people here, it will be as if you are living in a place that everything around you is made with gold dust. Everything. And it's good in the sense that the funny thing about it that is that all of a sudden, I will show you what the wealth that is coming is for. It's in tabernacle also. Very interesting stuff. Very, very interesting. So today, shall we just quietly just bow our heads? And I want us to seriously 
If you know you cannot rededicate your life, no problem. But let's talk to God seriously and tell him that the little bit that I have heard, you intend to take him seriously. Going out with people that we ought not to go out with, they are not doing it anymore. Tell him, tell him. And the truth of the matter, the things you tell God, you'll be amazed that by tomorrow, then he will bring exactly the same temptations before you. But you can look him in the face and say, No way, no way, no way, no way, Satan. No way. Then there are some of us here, we have never said to God, we have never told Jesus, Thank you, Lord, that you came and died an excruciating pain on my behalf. That you came and died a very shameful death on my behalf. Lord, I didn't know. I didn't know about all these animals that one had to put their hands on their heads and kill, and the blood that had to be spilled out. But today, Lord Jesus, I didn't understand that concept of God being a man. But today, I, I am here that your plan, Lord, is that you, God, would like to live inside me. I think, Lord, that it's a good thing if you live inside me. And therefore, I'm asking you, Lord, please come and live inside me. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I accept that you died on my behalf. Please, Lord, accept me as one of your own. Then write my name in the book of life. If you are here and you are praying, you need to pray that prayer. Please go ahead and do so. Since you've never done so before. But because we need to let you know the changes that you will begin to see in your life, you must put up your hand for God today. So you can put a card in your hand. Your shoes are standing. You need to put up your hand very quickly. Very, very quickly. God bless you, sir. Is there anybody else? Don't be shy. Please do God bless you. Is anybody else? It's for God that put up your hand. When you get the card, put your hand in your hand. And then begin to speak to Jesus. Just tell him. Tell him that you are sorry for all the things that you have done. That it never really occurred to you that what God has planned for you is bigger and better than what you have ever planned for yourself. So ask him to take control of your life from today. Is anybody else who is here who needs to speak to Jesus? You've never done so before. You've got to do so today. You've got to do so. Oh, you've got to do so. Once you think that you are going to embarrass yourself, that means you are really a proud person. Who are you to embarrass yourself? You said that I'm not telling you a lie. He's telling you you're important, you see. You'll be embarrassed. No, you won't be embarrassed. Because Jesus says, if you deny me before men, ah, it's right to deny you before my brother in heaven. And the Bible says, the Lord knows those who are his. And he's walking around here because he is. He knows those who are his. He knows. He knows those who are not his. So if you are here and you're having doubts, great doubts, put up your hand. And you'll be surprised how the doubts will disappear. And then begin to speak to the Lord. Begin to speak to the Lord. Begin to speak to the Lord. Just of us, let just tell God today. And say, Lord, I commit this life back into your hands. It's yours anyway. From this day, Lord, I'm asking for enablement. Oh Lord, to take every bit of my life more seriously than I have done. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that that casual falling into bed and praying for five minutes and falling asleep. Must come to an end, Lord, in my life, in my life, in my life, in my life. But now that I know that you made me so that you may dwell inside me, not just that I'm the temple of the living God, but that you, the maker of the heaven and the earth, you who that heaven cannot contain, 